0: Everyone relax. This is Type Off. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. oh, 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 oh. Ironically,
1: I'm not relaxed. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to. I probably started a bit quick then. Uh, even for myself, even though I'm the person pressing record, so I'm the one. Like I didn't, I don't need to be counted down for the start of this. I am literally the person pressing record, and yet somehow I've managed to fuck up me talking and me pushing that button. And I feel like I've started a bit early. But anyway, hello and welcome to Faux Pop. I'm Will Anderson. Take two. Here we go. Professional podcast. Uh, first time guest Charlie Clawson on the show but very excited to have him on. He's someone that I have known uh, now for a little while. I first met him in uh, Cleveland doing stand-up comedy. Oh, well, anyway, we'll get to all that. It's better to introduce him uh, to the podcast. Uh, please welcome uh, Ramon Rivas. Uh, actually, you know what? I don't even know if I've ever said your last name out loud. Is it Rivas? Rivas, that's Rivas. correct. That's a good pronunciation. And would you say Ramon? Because like Ramon
1: Rivas. Yeah. A second.
0: I, so actually, that's not too bad. I would have like pretty much got that right if yeah. I'd managed to say it in a row. Because
1: and and a lot of people fuck it up well i
0: I mean it is it's also one of those things weirdly enough that that name for whatever reason like i have i think i probably have what people would consider to be a mid australian accent Mm. right in that there are people who have much more broad australian accents than me but there are also people who would think that i have a very identifiable australian accent right so i'm somewhere sort of in the middle like but for whatever reason like your name like it makes me want me want to turn into the ocherest of Australians and go Ramon Rivas. Oh, like, that would be dope. Like it turns me into like the Aussieest of all Aussies. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know why it is. I think it's just the way the the letters. Yeah, a lot are... of people
1: like to roll the R's and go Ramon Rivas. Uh, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that seems uh, weird. Yeah, it's a little racist. Is that
0: is it? Well, is that what that is? Is that someone overcompensating in a cultural Sometimes. sense? Yeah, I feel like I yeah. did a
1: I did this like. Uh, Yo Soy Latino Cleveland show. It's like an afternoon show. Uh-huh. And they were like heavily at, like, they're like, this is Ramon Rivas. You can catch him <laughs> this weekend. I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like I've am like i never felt more not Hispanic, even though I am. Uh, <laughs> it's just too much. Man. And,
0: and yes, the second. So does that mean that dad was? Is dad, that how my, that works?
1: Yeah, my dad is Ramon Rivas. Yep. He's named after his uncle, who was Ramon something else. And then so technically people always kind of bust my balls like you're supposed to be a junior if your dad was Ramon Reeves and then you're the next one you're supposed to be Ramon Reeves Jr. And my mom. Oh, just, is it
0: only the third when like. Technically yeah. It, comes...
1: like, it goes from junior to then the second. Oh hang on. It's junior and then, then the, the second. Then the second. I never fucking knew that. Right. So like. There's a whole extra step in that's there. That's what I never knew but I've gotten like that, some that flag from bullshit people. bullshit to me. And uh, I just my mom thought junior was a little feminine. So she was like, We'll just go straight to the second.
0: Right. That's well,
1: what my mom said.
0: Well, you know what? Like they didn't have fucking Star Wars and then Star Wars Jr. Yeah. And then Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, you know what you mean? Know?
1: They they didn't they didn't go the proper lineage.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean that makes <laughs> I mean, although technically I think that's what they are doing now. They're making yeah. those like Rogue One is technically, I guess, a a junior yeah. movie, a step in between. Mm-hmm. Um but you've hung on to the second, like you like the second. I hear you mention it, like when people when um, you introduce yourself. like Yeah,
1: I mean, I make a note just because if you, you know, my dad's name is Ramon Revis, and right. he might, you know, he might have a felonious record, or he might not. Yeah, I but mean, I just I try to differentiate myself just a lot. Well, I mean,
0: bit. either way, right? Like yeah. I mean, there'd be times where you're like, well, you know what? I don't want him to cop my shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't want him jocking my style. Right. You know? <laughs> I keep my dad i bet it
0: i don't want anyone thinking he got a comedy central yeah, special. Yeah. You know?
1: yeah but it's funny because they asked me for the special they're like do you want the second on it or not i was like, i don't care they're like well we like the way it looks with it and i'm like okay right so it's on there now it's on there yeah um I, I, it
0: almost kind of implies that is another one in comedy yeah do you know what I mean like that you like you legally had to do that mm-hmm. yeah
1: but yeah i like to be the Sometimes people bring me up as the, the one, one and only Ramon Rivas, and I'm, I'm Ramon Rivas the second. Right. <laughs> like just, very, just very clearly two of us.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a good intro, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one and only Ramon Rivas the second. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's... T- let's. I mean, we've mentioned the Comedy Central special, so and it's top of mind because it just re- recently happened, yes. you know, for you. Because we met in Cleveland when I was in town doing some shows at Hilarities.
1: Yeah, right? that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you were right. like, you're super cool because you like came out to like do some open mics and like just kind of fucking hang out, which like not every headliner does well
0: it was fun because you suggested you were like uh, after the show tonight i'm gonna go and do some open mics and like you know really in cleveland on like a snowy winters night thursday night or whatever like all i was gonna do is walk across the road to that lonely hotel and then like you know i mean you know no one needs to know what i was gonna do yeah yeah but you know, I could fit in some open mic and some yeah, deep fried food in between me doing that.
1: Yeah, so that's what's been cool. Like in Cleveland, like I don't have I don't have a day job uh, for better or worse. I'm cool with just being a poor comic. So like, I have the free time when I work with people. I'm like, hey, do you want to go do these mics? Do you right. want to go to the art museum? Do you want to go have lunch? Like, and not everyone does because you have shit to do. But like, you know, the people that do take me up and like, have fun, they enjoy themselves. Like, you had a good time. You like hung out with people and they fucking like it's funny because like there's young comics who remember like oh i remember when he came and did the mic like they'll remember that moment of you going there you know what i'm saying
0: i I mean absolutely like i mean those i mean but also you get more of a sense of like for me like i I mean i might as well be from another fucking planet when you drop me in cleveland mm -hmm. like what the fuck do i know about cleveland yeah i saw major league
1: yeah i mean i know the rock and roll hall
0: of fame's there and i know up until like a couple of weeks ago they had a terrible sporting record yeah but that's pretty much it like that's my entire cleveland you know and that's
1: honestly that's most people's cleveland's uh reference point and it's weird because it's people know about cleveland in a way they don't know about like sioux falls idaho or like you know even Austin, Texas like I don't know much about I know they have barbecue there but right. like there's a cultural reference point for Cleveland there has always been and then like now like you said the Cavs won the championship so it's like it's weirdly like getting redefined like in like right now the city's like trying to find a new identity because like that loser mentality no longer right. fits you know, I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's real crazy. I've been, mean, I've been out here, like just kind of like just watching from afar, kind of sad. I'm not home, but out here trying to do my own thing
0: i mean know. it is amazing like i mean that city more than any other city that i have ever been to i think is defined was defined you could see it because i saw it i was there before uh lebron came back mm-hmm. and i was there after lebron came back in fact you know very kind of closely mm-hmm. so my first visit was just you know before he came back yeah and it was so like his next, last
1: season in miami when right he came, and then yeah. his
0: next yeah you know, next season and you could even tell them -hmm. The way the city changed when it came back. Suddenly it was this like spring in this like step in
1: Cleveland that like the whole city. And I was like, has this all just changed? Because Well, it's interesting because I always get on people because like I remember when LeBron put out the letter that he was coming back, like on Sports Illustrated or whatever. People went out that night and like lived. They like were at bars or restaurants, they were celebrating. And like I remember tweeting like the next day, I was like, you guys know that joy you felt last night and everyone was out having fun i'm like you can literally do that anytime right anytime. Like, you don't need to wait totally. but people people are kind of tied into the putting their you know their expectations and hope on these on these sports teams which is cool because uh, the passion is there and it's just like i run a bunch of shows in cleveland called accidental comedy uh and if you go to accidentalcomedy.com, you'll find all the shows but like the arc of them is like a group of comics dedicated to enriching the arts in Cleveland through live comedy and other performances, in the hopes that it grows to be something that gets as much support as the sports teams and is something that people can be as proud right. of. Um, but right now, it's just like people telling dick jokes at a bar. But like it'll get, it'll grow.
0: I mean, but it's about informing a scene and yeah. like, and realizing as an artist, any kind of artist. Like, I mean, whether you are a comedian or whether you are a musician or whether you are somebody who wants to, like, fucking start an imaginary radio show on the internet with a mm-hmm. podcast or, you know, anything like that, you now live in an age where you can. Yeah. And if you want to create something, if you genuinely believe that the arts, are important and that, you know you said that sort of thing of like you know when you talked about yourself about like not not having a day job for, yeah. for
1: good or for ill i would argue in a way that you
0: i mean you've had a day job
1: yeah you've, i mean i've kind
0: tr- of you've just been interning
1: yeah I, yeah i treat like, comedy like a full-time non-paying job and it still mostly is but like every once, like i'm able to sustain off of it because right. cleveland is so affordable
0: but also in in Without, like, being manipulative about this, like, in you being generous or you wanting to say, hey, do people, hey, the, the, here's what Cleveland's like or here's what's going on, that in itself has advanced your career, mm. you know, in the regard that, like, people know who you are, you make, you know, connections, yeah. you, like, you know, you have that, those opportunities to kind of, like, you know, put on these shows or see these people or be part of these communities or whatever as yeah. well. So, like, you, and you pick up knowledge you know you just pick up knowledge from like hanging out with these people you know so which fast tracks you you know in in your performance and what you're doing yeah just
1: soak up game and studying great comics is like that's that's the one thing like so many young comics are like you know i in cleveland i run a show and it's like literally you just have to email and then you get scheduled on a date and then you get to do that show and then like every other show i run i just kind of book but like if you do well at that show you get to do other shows pretty much but like people comics would be like oh ramon's an asshole he never has me on his shows you know and i'm a, and it's just like whoa like you say you want to do comedy you're never at these shows watching like a lot right. times people drop out and i'll just put up whoever's there right if you you're, come, just you're, come you're, you're never at the clubs watching shows so it's like you want to be a comic but you're not around comedy so like what like Ah, i just i immersed myself in this like as soon as i could i was like oh there's only one weekly comedy open mic okay i'll be there every week like that's what i'm doing on mondays now i mean it sometimes
0: drives me crazy when people don't i mean i understand if you've got another show to go to or something Mm -hmm. and i also understand that like you know you don't have to sit and watch me every night yeah but the amount of times that i have like like when i was a young comic and i was like featuring for people i would sit and watch the headliner Mm -hmm. every night yeah like, sometimes I've watched them to see if it was the same. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's enough to learn. Yeah. Like, you know, don't think because you saw it once, you've learned everything that you're going to learn from that. Yeah. I mean, that's a fucking crazy idea. And if you want to be good at it, like, that's how you learn. Yeah. Like, you know, you should be having these conversations, but you should also should be creating shows and mm-hmm. you should have, you should believe in, and I like what you said about, like, the, you know, wanting the arts in Cleveland to be embraced in the same way as, like, the sports yeah. have been. Because it's a perfect city for it. Yeah. Because in some ways they are a little bit already. Like I mean, that comedy club they have there Hilarity is one of the best comedy clubs in 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 all of America. Yeah. And it's it's in some ways like a real heart of like that part of the city and that part and of the community. It's
1: interesting because that club originally like they opened in the Warehouse District in the '80s when there was nothing there, and then they got lost the building in '94. When like the RTA, the bus, the city bus thing bought it. So from like 90, 94 to like 2002, they didn't have a home. Uh-huh. And uh, he signed the, Nick signed the lease for the fourth street location in 96, still six years before they opened. They were doing shows in Playhouse Square. which was like the big theaters district that now is like fully revamped. At the time, it was like dying. And they did shows in the Hannah to kind of like get that. had been dark for 15, 20 years. So they were doing shows there kind of helping keep that alive while the dude put got the funding to like revitalize that shit. And then they opened in uh, 2002 on 4th Street where it is now. And that street was all like wig shops, uh, Wendy's. You could still drive up and down it and there was nothing there and then that was the first building on that street the first business that opened and now like you said it is a, it's a is the hub of downtown that's the it's a pedestrian walkway the streets are blocked off so it's just for walking and that street is lined with like four iron chef restaurants there's a house of blues there there's a couple other bars and shit and it's just like that's literally because of that comedy club opening, right And so this city already has this rich kind of comedic history. That they somewhat take for granted, but, like, they're slowly realizing that, like, oh, no, this is a thing. Like, it's slowly starting to become part of the city's identity.
0: And I think that, like, I think American cities have opened their mind more to the possibility that, like... You know, that you can be a Portland or an Austin or, you know, whatever. Like, you can be a city that has your own kind of cultural Mm -hmm. identity. I mean, you were just telling me about Atlanta where you were saying that you... Is that what you said you were Yeah, Yeah. I went... And the the scene was really cool and kind of fun uh, there. It was
1: amazing. And then, like, I went and taped uh, the Comedy Central special in New Orleans, which... I'd never been down there and like they have a comedy scene, but there is no comedy club. So it's all these like do it yourself independent shows, but there's something there, but it hasn't formed yet. So like that's, it's cool to see the it's, it's, it's definitely not just Cleveland, but it's been happening kind of all over these smaller cities, just kind of like something happening there, right? You know? And
0: and but the fact that you can be part of creating that, you yeah. don't have to sit around and go, "I'm going to wait for this to happen." No, you just like, go oh, well. find somewhere and do it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, tell me how long you've been doing comedy for. Uh, I've
1: been doing comedy for eight years.
0: Yeah. So and this year you got so a lot of my listeners will be in Australia and the United okay. Kingdom and stuff. So just to explain to them, like the Comedy Central half hour. It's, it's a kind of it's a pretty big deal it's a right big deal. Like,
1: it, particularly to like a younger emerging American comedian yeah right? and like it used it's called the half hour now it used to be called comedy Central presents right so like when I was in like middle school I would download episodes of uh Comedy Central presents on like Limewire and kazaa like illegal <laughs> file. And I would download them and listen to them while I was at school. Just right. like just the weird kid and like I heard the, the trumpet the dun 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 like I remember that. And then so like and I've known, you know, through doing the shows the way I've done in Cleveland and working at Hilarities. Like I've worked with people who've like and seen them go from like just kind of working to getting a half hour and then kind of matriculating past that and, and working so like I I, it, I I saw it happen to other people and uh-huh. so like I uh, like I said I just do stuff in Cleveland I run AccidentalComedy.com I work at the club, I travel a little bit I go to Chicago a couple times a year I go to New York a couple times a year um, but last year I got picked as a comic to watch by Comedy Central which was real long shot but I was the only unrepped comic that made it, and I was the only one who doesn't live in New York or L.A. that made it for comics to watch. I mean, that's pretty great, right? Which is kind of a direct thing to the way I do things. Like, oh, he has his own festival. Oh, he seems to know all these people. When I would go to New York, I'd get to do fun shows. And, like, it was just a slow build. Like, I went into a meeting at Comedy Central, my first meeting there, And there were six executives and all of them had already seen me do comedy opening for someone that I'd already worked with in Cleveland when I they were doing shows in New York.
0: Now, when you say so you're the only unrepped uh, person on the list who's not from New York or L.A., do yep. you think suddenly that maybe there is a Ramon Rivas the third, and <laughs> they don't understand the numbering system either? Yeah. No, I mean, that's amazing. How do they let you know? Like, how do you find that out? Do you um, get a call from them beforehand or does it just for, get announced? For the,
1: comics like, to watch, it was a weird matriculation process of like, I had that I had the meeting with them as a result of like I did a comedy festival in Chicago that was at Second City with NBC Universal and I met the executive who invited me to that meeting. I went into the meeting and then I invited them to my comedy festival last year and was trying to get them to just send someone to come to Cleveland to just be at my shows. Right. And they were like, oh, we'll consider this as our invitation. So like I'm sending them updates and this and the other. And then they're like, oh, we're not going to make it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. No worries. Uh, and they had told me in the meeting, they're like, remind us to try to get you a comics to watch audition. And so in the last email I was sending them, I was like, oh, hey, also I forgot to ask about that comics to watch. Is it too late? And they're like, oh, we'll see. And they got me on the last audition in New York of a month of them looking in New York and L.A. So it's like, okay, my odds are real slow, but like it's an excuse for me to go to New York. I'll do more shows, I'll hang out with my friends. Right. Um, and then I did that. And then they called me and invited me to do the New York Comedy Festival. So I was just supposed to do one show for that at Caroline's, but I used it as an excuse to go to New York for like three weeks. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I emailed a couple of my friends who had shows, so I got to, like, open for James Adomian. I got to do a couple other festival shows just through, you know, different connections, and then I hung out and did other stuff. Um, And then they told me at that, they are like, well, if you, you know, if you think you have a special, the deadline's early next year, like, you know, send us something. I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, I'm thinking it's in March. I set up some tapings in Cleveland at a venue I just do shows at. And, uh, just, and I was seeing how far I was from an hour. So I, was doing, I did like 46 minutes one and then 54 the other. And then I was like, okay, I got a bunch of feature work in February. I'll take my half-hour submission in February. I don't think I'll submit for an hour, blah, blah, blah. And then I emailed them like, hey, I just want to get the parameters and like the guidelines and all this. I know it's due in March. They're like, oh, it's due Monday. And it was like <laughs> Wednesday. And I'm going to Chicago. So I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I have like, Cause it has to be like between 25 and 35 minutes uh, and everything I had was either too short or too long. So I'm like, right. fuck. So I was closing out some little black box theater show on De- DePaul's campus. It was like 50 college kids. And I had my, my dad just bought me this new iPhone six cause my old one was fucked up and I had a little tripod and I set it up. I recorded on my phone. I did 29 minutes when I got done, I got off stage, I hit stop, and the tripod broke. Uh, Like, the little leg just (laughs) came right off. Uh, And then this iPhone has, like, iMovie on it, so I just edited it on my phone and sent it. And then that was kind of it. And then I just kind of went about my day-to-day existence. Um, And then I was in Chicago... Uh, I was about to do my first NACA, which is like college, like you go showcase for like a bunch of college kids who are booking their schools pretty much. And I went and did was go, uh, that was in Madison, Wisconsin, but I went to Chicago a couple of days early just cause like, I, I don't want to fly in and have to rent a car and pay for a hotel. Like it was just too much money. Sure. So I was like, I'll crash on my friend's couches in Chicago. And then I had to wake up at like 5am on Saturday to get to madison for an eight o'clock soundtrack it was super dumb but i'm in chicago for that i'm like just at my buddy's spot hanging out and i get a call and they, it's kind central and they're like hey i want to offer you a half hour special this season i'm like oh cool i'm like when is it and they're like oh they told me i'm like cool all right yeah just email me that and i'll like make sure i'm there and then like, i hung up and then i emailed them i was like hey can can i tape it in cleveland and they're like no <laughs> it's all done in one spot Uh, It'll be in New Orleans. Um, But it's funny because the the girl who called me, she was like, <laughs> me and she was like, me and Joanne were kind of mad that you weren't more excited. Like we were the first person we called, and we, right. we were expecting you to. we like, late, but I'm just this <laughs> fucking hillbilly. <laughs> I'm just he's so gonna fucking out. love it. These <laughs> New
0: York and LA guys, they're yeah. all gonna be cool. Yeah. But we know this unwrapped motherfucker yeah. from I was fucking Drew Carey town. This yeah. year. He, we, and you're like, yeah, okay. Can I do it in Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> if LeBron can bring the NBA yeah. championship. Can, can, I back I home, can i bring the half hour back yeah on? and
1: they were like no no but,
0: um, you can't you so, should be more grateful and excited yeah yeah <laughs> and uh
1: <laughs> and so uh and but i didn't i didn't really process it because like i was uh, surrounded by like strangers so i couldn't really celebrate right there and then like i left and like was just in chicago traffic and then i got to a show and then i had to l- after the show, I had to like go to my friends I was crashing at to like get a couple hours of sleep before waking up and driving and then uh, spend all the day at the NACA and that was all whatever. And then I slept on someone's floor that night and then did guest spots at the Comedy on State. That club's amazing. That's the best. I'm like, can I come back, please? Dude, uh, dude, I had like
0: one of the best weeks of my life like doing that club. It was... I mean, the way they run it and the people there and all that sort of stuff, they're absolutely delightful. But the fucking audiences... (sighs) Man, uh, fire. Like, it's full every night. (sighs) They're smart as fuck. They're funny. It's like such a beautifully put together room. Like, And it's just... They have those markets, the farmers' markets, in the like yeah you know, on the weekend around that square yeah. and stuff. Like, man, if you're a guy who likes to smoke some pot and eat some cheese, which is what I am, yeah, yeah. that's a delightful, delightful it's day. A great, I'm yeah, into, yeah, I, please have me back. Yeah, if, the, you're, listening, if you're listening, I know listening, this please. is the second go, time in I last go three too. weeks I've, I've played.
1: I'll go. I'll go with Will. Um, so like I couldn't didn't really process it until like Sunday when I was driving back home from Wisconsin. And I just kind of like hit me like, yo, this shit you used to download, right? The shit that like I you remember. Used to steal. I remember Mitch Hedberg's "Comedy Central Presents." Uh, like I yeah, remember yeah, Pablo Francisco's. I remember Brian Regan's. I re- like. Uh, there's the ones that stand out, and like I'm like, I get to do one of those. Like that's funny right, for you. That. I get to do one of those, and I live and I live at home with my dad. Right. Like that shit was like I was like alternated between like screaming joyously and crying uh yeah there's gonna be some kid
0: listening to yours who like thinks that you're fucking Mitch Hedberg and yeah, they won't realize yeah that that that's, what's,
1: <laughs> that's what's crazy like that's what was like super surreal is like so like you know I got I got the invite to do it and I told my family and stuff and then like, and
0: did, did you how are your
1: family how big are your family by the way uh, how many are, the, how many my, are they uh, well Depends how far back you go. Like okay, my show. Sure. Well, whatever my, you want to tell me. My dad is one of 17. Uh, okay, yep. Yeah. My mom has like three or four brothers and sisters. But uh-huh. then it's just my mom, dad, they're divorced. Uh, my sister, it's just me and my sister, but then my sister has three kids. Okay. So my act is very personal. I talk about my family. And at various points in my life, I have like lived with my family. So like I used to live with my sister – when the kids were like from like they were like five seven and eight and i lived there with them for like two years Uh and then like now they're like 13 14 15 and um so i i told i was like i'm gonna fly you guys down for the special like they never go anywhere the kids had never been on a plane before
0: and did they uh understand how this exciting this is like yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. have like an appreciation they of they, it, right? they
1: understood it and like it's weird like they've been proud of me for a while even though i live with them most of the time well, that's a good sign um but that's they, a good sign. yeah 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 so like
0: that's <laughs> what you'd like to hope from family yeah
1: um but they've you know they've been cool and uh so i decided to fly them down and I started. Uh, I was. I posted that like I was trying to get the money together. So I'm like, I'm right. doing these shows. Uh, I'm like, I'm headlining hilarities. I took a door deal. So come to that. That'll help me get them there. Got the improv. I like, took a door deal there. Come to that. It'll help me. There's these little shows around town. At May halls. If you want to come, and um, and then uh, I. I was posting that online and Kamal Bell commented like, are you documented someone documenting what's happening to you? I was like, no. Right. And he was like, I was like, no, I don't have money. And he was like, well, just use your phone. I was like, all right. So I shot, there's a, if you go on YouTube and look, look up, it's called Gentle Hustle. It's like a little mini documentary series and it leads up to my special taping. So each episode is just real short and then the episode 9 I'm in Atlanta and episode 10 I'm in New Orleans taping. So it's like literally the last shot is like me waving to the camera and then walking on stage.
0: Yeah, right. And just so, shot on your
1: phone. Yeah. I'll shot on my phone. I'll edit on my phone. Um and just kind of gives texture to like you meet my yeah. you meet all my family or whatever. Nice. And then it's it's funny cuz like i you know I, I i did that i'm like oh i'm gonna fly my family down and like i didn't get my money from Comedy central until like i got to new orleans uh-huh. i didn't get my travel segment from them until like the week before uh-huh. and then like hilarities was like oh you didn't tell us you wanted a door deal so i just got like spot pay for that and then the <laughs> improv the the improv uh canceled my show because the Cavs had a game that night <laughs> Uh well, so that, like that's
0: probably fair enough. Yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. So it was just like all these like thi- and it's just like but the people who came out to the sh- little shows I was doing oh. and who like PayPal'd me money are the reason I was able to afford to fly my family down. You know what I'm saying? Or else I wouldn't have got the money in time. So like it was really cool to like I don't know like I I I got down there to New Orleans on like Wednesday and the calves were, my taping was Friday, and it was like the finals started. Uh-huh. And the Cavs lost the first two games, and I felt like it was because I soaked up all of Cleveland's like positive mojo, goodwill for my taping. I mean, but that
0: is also the most Cleveland attitude, yeah, which yeah. is that everybody in Cleveland believes they are personally responsible <laughs> for the success <laughs> of their late team, yeah. yeah, for good or for ill. Like yeah, everyone's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's because I took my hat off, yeah. like the, like everybody, yeah. everybody wears, mm-hmm. which is why. Okay, so let's. I want to talk to you about about. You to you before we move on to fucking Cleveland. But um, so you – I think what you're saying or or what I am hearing anyway, even if it's not what you're saying, is – The community, right? You created Mm -hmm. a community in Cleveland of, like, these shows and these people and these open mics and whatever. And then when you said to them, hey, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it, they all feel like they have some ownership of you. Like, you know, they've invested something in you and that they are happy to see you – like, I think those people, like, I mean – Want you know someone who's invested in Cleveland to be successful? You know, yeah. Because of that, you know, you put in and people like are happy for you. I mean, it's your fucking, it's a wonderful life moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's everyone going. This town wouldn't exist without you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah
1: uh but yeah that should right every cool. time you
0: see a light a comedian angel gets his wings <laughs> just in two more just two more <laughs> just, uh, just, one more thing before i'll, I'll finish go. up with this one <laughs> i was gonna finish up with that one but it didn't really land so just one more thing um so you, you take your family down now run me through the process of actually when you tape the the half hour itself because uh, we were just having a chat before we started uh-huh. talking. And, and I said, do you get like, I mean, do you tape two shows? And you were like, no, it's just one show. And I was like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. So like when it's when you do an hour, they do two tapings. They right. do an early and late show or one night, two nights. But for the half hours, they pick 17 people. So I was one of 17. And they tape them from Wednesday through Saturday in New Orleans. So like there's two shows per night. There's two comics per show. Each show is taped. So where did the audience come from? They did like a like if you want to come to these tapings, get your tickets here, and it was like free tickets. Um, my taping was late show Friday, and the audience coordinator lady said that was the most requested show, just because time slot wise, that's the one everyone wants to go to. Okay, um, but they were all pretty packed. It was in the at the Civic Theater which I want to say fits like like 800-ish. Um, so most of the tapings had about like 300 in them. And then me I was paired with Ali Sadiq, this comic from Houston. We were the only two who didn't live in New York or L.A. Um, oh suddenly yeah, suddenly this yeah, story suddenly of yours more, is falling yeah, apart yeah, suddenly there's uh, another guy
0: <laughs> alright there and, we go um, well I, I guess what we're all hearing now ladies and gentlemen is trust nothing, trust nothing that has I been say. said um, he's not, it's not even really his name he should be Junior <laughs> firstly <laughs> technically his name is fucking Junior secondly he's lied to you mm, about this I mean sorry, pull one more part of this apart and it all you. just
1: alright uh, well so um, and we had, we had about like four or five and me and him also had like the biggest like family and friend contingency uh-huh. of everyone, like everyone else's then every other night the v i p tent was like maybe some parents, maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend, right. and then like their reps, the boyfriend girlfriend reps uh yeah. no yeah, yeah, that's the, right yeah. uh, the comics reps, and then um the night of me and Ollie's was just like packed full right. of like family. Boom, family and shit. So that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. That yeah. I mean,
0: you only get to do it like like that once. Yeah. Like and I think it's a nice moment to yeah. you know celebrate and mm-hmm. enjoy. So I'm glad so, that it operated like that. How does the actual practicality of the evening work? Like as in
1: um, like is there warm up? Is there like are the crowd? How how are they prepared? Like how does it work? So like so I'm on the late taping. So there's an early show at seven o'clock and the, I'll just run down the night of my thing. So right. I had the day of, I had a sound check at like two. Right. So I had to go do that, make sure the mic, get the mic set, get my final wardrobe approved. Ah, oh, okay. Um, so
0: t- tell me about that. So you have uh, to get your wardrobe approved.
1: Yes. You have to show them just so it like, like you're not bleeding into the background, yeah. you know, different shit. Uh, you know, they have to make sure branding's okay. They have to make sure like, uh, you know, I had to not wear a watch because they're like the light, it'll reflect right. off of it. Um so I had I bought some blue suede pumas. Okay, nice. Got yep, my Elvis sure. on. I mean, well, uh, but, I mean you're in yeah. New Orleans. So I You've bought to wear blue suede shoes, yeah, right? Yeah. So I bought those in Atlanta. It's a cool shop called Walters. It's a nice sneaker shop. uh uh-huh. Bought those there. I got some black pants at Macy's. Okay, nice. Uh, I wore my accidental comedy hat, which has the little Chattertooth logo on it okay nice um and then i had my one of my f- f- there's a whole cleveland has a whole shirt based economy like yeah people make shirts that are i cool-ish. did i did notice that that when i was there yeah. like there's
0: a very cleveland and some cool shirts yeah, by yeah, the yeah. way but yeah very cleveland specific mm-hmm. shirts so uh a lot I had of a- shirts in cleveland that if you're not from cleveland you'll have to ask somebody what that actually means <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so i had more of my friends uh she has a hand. She hand screen prints her shirts. Wow. And I had her make me. Uh, it was a sweater that said Cleveland made me. And that was blue. So I had, like a nice little outfit. Nice. And then like when I went out. And Cleveland represented. And Cleveland so, yeah. represented. So like when I went out. I took my hat right off, and I just set it on the stool. So, like, my hat, my, the logo for my comedy shit is just on TV the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, and then at the end of my set, I grabbed my hat and just threw it into a crowd and then just walked off stage. Nice. That pretty, that yeah, pretty. that's sweet. Uh, and, like, so they load the audience in. The taping starts at 7. They load the audience in at 6.30. Uh-huh. There's, like, the theater theater's there they have a tent across the street for like the audience to like get in and then they very will take them over and burst to like take them over get you seated and then someone else brings the next batch and they do that uh the night of mine it was raining when they were loading in the first audience so uh-huh. people were coming in like soaked 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 like people, dudes were taking off their shirts and like ringing them out oh, because the New Orleans is just like it's like <laughs> yeah. it would be nice and it would just rain real hard for well, like 15, 20 minutes. I mean, I
0: guess the thing is that like you know if they're from there, they're used to they that get as used well, to it, yeah. Right? yeah.
1: Um, and then they load them in, they sit them down, um, they the bars open before people get seated, but like it closes once the show starts, um. You can't get up and use the restroom, so like they're like use the restroom, get that all taken care of, and then uh, once everyone's sat and ready, they send a like a producer guy out. He's like, "Hey guys, this is you know just a half hour. You're gonna be on TV, blah blah blah." Um, you see cameras rolling around, just kind of blah blah, and he's like, uh, and then he gets off stage, and then they bring up the warm up comic, who's Anthony DeVito. Great, great, I okay. can. Great comic.
0: so they've got a good pro they to a kind good of do. Uh, he goes okay, up and he nice. just
1: just straight five seven minute set sure. get him warmed up and then he gets off stage and then they'll like hold and then um then they switch the cue card the title card over to the comic's name and then they start a countdown and then they start clapping and then they send the comic out
0: okay so, so at this
1: point like you know where are you are you just in the wings you're right right next to the stage like early when i'm watching the shows early i'm just kind of in the room or like whatever and then i have to be in the venue by eight so but i'm already there watching so it doesn't matter um and then my family and stuff starts to come in so i'm getting them situated in like the vip tent and making sure they're out of the way um, and I all while I'm doing this, I'm shooting that web series right. thing. Like <laughs> so, like I'm doing that um, while I'm doing all this other shit. And right. then um, I get them all situated. The that show ends, and then I before it ends, like when it ends, they have to do pickups. They just pause in case any pickups. So once it ended, I went backstage and changed and then went backstage and then just they, they went to makeup and then was just there for the rest of until i went on stage so i'm just backstage while they're loading in the audience um when the, the warmup guy goes up all that shit and i have footage of all this shit and then um i just they're they're like, okay and then anthony goes up and then Like, when he comes off stage, they're walking me, like, behind the set over to, like, next to thing. So then when they start, before they start counting down, the the tech dude's, like, uh, production dude's, like, oh, yeah, he's here. And then uh, the makeup lady's, like, doing last minute stuff. Uh, She's, like, you sweaty anywhere under your eyes, whatever. I'm, like, no, I'm good. And she's, like, okay. And then they're, like, okay. Then the production dude's, like, we're set. And then they start counting down. And then so when they start clapping, I go to, like, leave. And he's, like, no, no, no. And then he's like, because they have to finish announcing shit, whatever. And then they announce my name, and then he's like, okay, go. And then I walk on stage, and then everyone got real loud, and I just went went to work.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah. So you didn't feel like you know you were you were kind of ready to do it.
1: You yeah, just- I was ready. Like I'd gotten really good advice because the network of people that I've gotten to work with and know, uh-huh. like a lot of them had done these already or done like our specials or done like, you know, um, and I just got real, like Dan Soder was like, don't run the set into the ground. Just, you know, have fun, stay loose. Like, you know what you're going to do. Um, you know, Baron Vaughn, Kyle Canane were like, just do like, know your time. Like, don't give them two, cause they're going to edit it down after right. the fact. So just know it'll be 22 minutes eventually. So, don't give them too much more than that or it's going to be you won't have a hand in how right. to That chop it up, yeah. Um, And then like TJ Miller told me, he was like, just have fun. Like, don't worry. Like, you know the material. It's That's not going to be stressful. Have fun. He's like, just... Because no, nothing's going to come of this. Like, whatever happens in your comedy career is going to be because of your comedy, not because of the special. Right. And all, hearing all of those things just helped it just like, oh, okay. Like, it's not like... I've done shows with more people. I've done shows that had cameras around. I watched all week to kind of see how the room functioned and like wasn't stressed out when there's someone like, "Does he's his makeup okay?" Like it's you know, right. I just I smoked a blunt like an hour before I went on stage and it was just kind of like zoned out and chilled and it was good, man. I felt good.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's nice. That's a nice thing to hear about that sort of experience. Yeah, man. Because it also feels like you you approached it. I mean, I I think you probably have this attitude, maybe it's part of your personality, but like, you know, for some people, the idea of bringing family, like extra stress into what some people already think is a stressful situation, and then like, you know, it's your first time taping this big thing, and like, you know, yes, of course, you've done bigger Mm shows, you've done things with cameras, but you might not have necessarily done where all those things are combined and it's all fucking about you. Like, you're walking out and it's your name on the projector behind you. you I mean, like, doing doing this thing. So, I mean, it's still... I mean, it's, it's great that you had the capacity to, like, perform it in that
1: way and, like, know that and mm-hmm. not let it
0: get to you. But I don't think that everybody...
1: No, no, no. Like, even the production people backstage were like, you're really calm. Like, everyone yeah. else was kind of like...
0: Everyone's spewing
1: about yeah. you. Everyone's yeah. like, this fucker. The, like, people a, are what's meant to be nervous.
0: On? The only thing that gets us <laughs> off is how nervous and excited we can make these people. <laughs> we don't even have to check makeup now. We only do it to fuck with <laughs> their minds. And this fucker's calm as us.
1: It's funny because, like, I... Since I am self, I don't have a manager or agent. Like I was doing all my emails and stuff back and forth. So like, there's a point where they like sent the audience coordinator sent an email. She's like, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. Like anything, you know, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, uh... like. How dope will the green room snacks be? Okay, will question. there be juice? Okay, And then, like, how's your day going? Like, I just asked dumb questions. And, and what they, were the answers, though? No, uh, I mean, that's she the said important thing. A... She said the snacks were going to be sublime. Um, and how dumb. were they? They were good. They were, good. They were impressive. Yeah, okay, the first right. night there was a salmon out, I, I got into that pretty good. Okay, happy. all right. So it was good. Yeah, was okay, good. that's like a menu. Uh, okay. And then <laughs> the, the day of, it was, like, raining when I'm sitting uh-huh. in the trailer. And, like, one of my buddies drove... 15 hours 16 hours from chicago and then had to be in cleveland for his wife's sister's like family thing the uh-huh. next day so like he was just gonna leave right after my taping and he got in at like two so i was like well you can just stay in my room and nap so you right. don't have to drive like a savage so i just like was just chilling into my trailer like napping just bullshitting um and then like i i smoke weed so like it was raining real hard i'm like oh man so i texted the comedy central like right. i was like hey, hey. Uh, So I was going to go for a walk and smoke, but, like, it's raining. It's raining. So, like, is it okay if I use my trailer as a green room? And I put the green in Uh, quotes. And uh. I was like, it's for my art. Right. And she was like, no, please don't. (laughs) We will will lose our security deposit. I was like, okay. Uh, And then it stopped stopped raining.
0: Which, by the way, is... Of course, the answer is no. But it's not the equivalent of like just saying to some like you know like out the back of some pub where you run some small show guy. Hey, mm. is it cool? If we smoke pot out here? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just open the window. Yeah. It's like, oh no, no, no. We're like a major television yeah, network, yeah. We and can't this, have that. <laughs> yeah, and
1: it's illegal here, I guess, yeah. right? Um. So yeah, so it just it stopped raining long enough for me to get out and do it, and um, yeah. So I was just real loose, like I don't know, like I was just. It was just fun. That's good, though. Like, yeah. I mean, that's
0: that's good to know. And then the
1: other, my buddy Drew Thomas gave me really, he, like, I was like, so I was like, any advice? He was like, just stay calm and produce. And it's like, that's what it does come down to. Right. It's like, just do your job. Just do your job. You know, we've been, uh, like, one of my least, kind of unrelated, but related. But, like, one of my least favorite things is when people were like, oh, hey, any spots I need to warm up for this thing. And it's like, well, you should just be doing comedy all the time. So you should just be warm like you should right. just be ready to go um but and
0: there. also like the idea of like warming up for something else i mean i i hey comedy is all process mm-hmm. like i mean and like realistically you're almost forever working on yeah. everything oh, like yeah. it's rare that you ever at least you're that sort of comedian that like crafts something to that point where you go well that's the joke so, and it yeah, will yeah, never yeah. be anything but that joke but i am not that sort so no. i'm constantly working on everything mm-hmm. everything yeah, even is things kind of i did like on a, the special i'm finding new right. shit in it forever is a work in progress mm-hmm. like and this idea also that like i think sometimes we limit ourselves by going oh you know when i started comedy i talked about how i like okay here's one from my life i grew up on a farm right and so when i first started doing comedy i did a lot of comedy about growing up on a farm right but because i've been doing comedy for fucking 20 years and people saw all that shit i just have never really gone back to like Mm -hmm. examining what it was like to live on a farm but my skills like now sharpened right completely but be my perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, my, the me 20 years from there has a completely different experience, a perspective on what growing up on yeah. a farm meant to me than the 20-year-old had. Yeah. So, sometimes I think that we almost forget to re-examine mm-hmm. our... Like, I have no problem with you doing an old joke. The problem is when you're doing an old opinion or an old version mm-hmm. of yourself. Like, yeah. so you'll see someone on stage doing a joke and you're going, that joke, it's not the problem with the joke. The problem is that that doesn't represent you anymore. Yeah like that's not you anymore no like i'm happy to hear you talk about that exact same joke with that exact same premise but tell me who you are now Mm -hmm. and what it says about you now
1: yeah that's interesting yeah i wish i wish more people a lot of people forget it's not just jokes and there's no there's no there's no one thing that pushes you over but it's also not just jokes like If you're doing jokes that can be someone else could do, you're not as unique as you could be. Does that make sense? Uh, Absolutely.
0: And But also the complete opposite of that, which is, well, I mean, it's the same thing, but it's kind of flipped, which is that if you are unique enough, you can talk about Anyf- things that yeah. have been like Eddie Izzard has a bit about that is essentially cats and dogs are different, but it's one of the best fucking yeah. comedy you know bits because it's Eddie Izzard and it clearly could be nobody else's yeah. cats and dogs bit. Mm-hmm. It's Eddie Izzard's cats and dogs bit, and yeah. you're like, that's fine. Well, then that like I mean it, that you can have hack thought yes about an original topic mm-hmm. you know and you can have very original thought about a hack topic yeah. you know like i mean but it's at the end of the day it's about the originality of yeah. thought
1: and a lot of people just get to where like oh that thought got a laugh okay let's move on instead of like pushing past the funny right and like like turning it from a joke into a chunk is right. that pushing past? Or even it. the thought,
0: though. Like, I mean, because we are all such, we're none of us are black and white people. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no problem with this. Well, yourself.
1: you're white. You're white.
0: Uh, uh, what? what? Hang on. <laughs> no. No you tell him hang on shut the fuck up I know. are you kidding me i know because i am constantly pulled over at the airport so really? i just assumed <laughs> that i was middle eastern you might so be yeah are you sure i'm white there's yeah. no one whiter than me okay is there? Yeah. I'm pretty, I, you're pretty white like yeah, yeah. In, in a land of white people i am still you're pretty still standing white. out yeah you're still standing out as yeah. white no i am i mean i'm like i think if you go back far enough i'm like scottish and english before i was generations of Australians. Yeah, so yeah. i don't think that i think that's pretty much as white yeah, as you can uh, yo. yeah i'm pretty yeah. white i mean not you know i mean i don't have as much <laughs> it's bother. fine there's
1: nothing wrong with i
0: mean me. it's not my hand I, I, you know what let's have a pause because then we'll we'll just have a little mid podcast yeah, yeah. break and then we'll uh, come back and we'll okay. keep talking all right we're back uh well i mean we had a break they didn't have a break i just paused it i mean you know we probably had bigger pauses yeah, I, just hope you, in I hope between. they paused
1: it too i hope they respected our break and took i mean a break themselves well yeah but
0: i mean i they didn't know how long our break was going to be what if they had a longer break than we had
1: i feel like that's what pause buttons are for you can set your break as long as you want
0: uh, isn't that interesting like yeah. we, we i mean technically that i mean i bet that's i bet if i knew something about physics I could make that into some really profound thought because, really, what you've said there is you've explained something about the nature of time, I imagine, Mm -hmm. which is the idea that when we were listening to this podcast, we were all experiencing it in kind of real time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're hearing the thoughts conjured at the same speed and time, unless you put it on like half speed or double speed. But let's, you know, we understand what I'm saying. mm -hmm. You're experiencing it in the same time as us. But then once we hit the pause button, if we all hit it together, Then everybody's pause is a different amount of time, right? This is, and then but then we if we when we unpause, we come back into that same moment moment, again. I mean, I bet if we if I was smarter than I than I am, I could make a really profound point about that.
1: (laughs) Or, or if you were just a better bullshitter,
0: (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. No, Um, so there is much more that I want to talk to you about but, okay. we, can, but we can do it at other time no, like, I, don't I mean well we can do more of it another time hopefully in Cleveland I'm, okay. back, I'm back there later in the year but I still have some other things I want to talk to you about right now I requested to work with you too oh good that'd be sweet that'd be awesome um, yeah I mean that, that town and that club have been uh, really fantastic to me and I always enjoy going back there and I have uh, a brand new hour so all new jokes as well so if anyone from Cleveland is listening uh, all new stuff so um uh, here's what I want to say uh, to you is let's talk about the basketball because yes. I'm a massive basketball fan. Okay. And I saw that story kind of, you know, it's the time that I've known about Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's the time that I have. And I've been lucky enough that, you know, I started there going there just to play the club and knowing nothing about it and thinking I'll never be here again, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly over like my four or five visits that I've had, they've started to vary a bit. You know, I've started to learn more about it, go out with you. I met some other people. I, I went down and did a radio station tour. So that gave me a different perspective mm-hmm. and I met some other people. And so suddenly now when I think about going to Cleveland, I'm like, oh, well, I'll catch up with those guys and mm-hmm. I'll see blah, blah, blah. And I'll go and do this and I'll go and get coffee at that place that yeah. I like. And I'll go to those markets on that. Da- like, I mean, and I suddenly have this kind of like... Context. Context mm-hmm. of like, you know, what this city is to me. So I started to kind of pay some attention to Cleveland. Like, but also, we obviously, Matthew Della, Della Vadova is Australian. is Australian. yeah. And like that's, you know, like everywhere, we view a bit of the world through that prism. Mm-hmm. So in Australia, you know, there's an awareness of that. Like, you know, yeah, there's awareness yeah. of like that this guy from Australia. So is the playing, Cavs
1: are Australia's team just because of Matthew Della Vadova?
0: Well, no, every year we'll hand pass it around because the great thing is we've had. Here's the, oh, the, Andrew Bogut, too. Well, Patty Mills with the Spurs okay, and then Andrew Bogut uh, and Andrew Baines was, was with the Spurs as well. And then, okay. yeah, so we've actually, uh, I mean, pretty much every year now. I mean, if there's a year where there isn't an Australian in the team that wins the NBA championships, then we'll start to get a bit of gotcha. to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Okay. But I think Della Vadova is one of those stories where... I love that story, dude. Well, I think he's just, to me, he says something about Australia that Australians love, which is he's... Like, he's not the most talented guy of all time. Nope. Like, he was a guy that was pretty much constantly overlooked at every fucking level. Like, he's, he's just a guy who believed in himself. Yeah. Like, this kid from this, like, fucking tiny country town in Australia, like, who
1: just believes that he could play in the fucking world's greatest basketball competition. Yeah. He got, like, he got, he was undrafted. He got signed to the practice squad because he played pickup basketball games with Mike Brown's son. Uh So that's Mike Brown used to be the coach. So like the year before LeBron came back, we were awful. So we signed him from the practice squad. And because we were so bad, he got a lot of playing time. So he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. But he wasn't bad. He was effective. You can get him for cheap. He stayed on the team. He was cheap. He was good value. Good value, right? <laughs> yeah, that's he's right. He's not going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. He can give you some solid minutes. Right. And then LeBron came back. Yeah. So now we don't really have money to pay someone better than Matthew Dellavedova to be on that spot. Like, we're way over the cap. Right. So, like, he's on the team. Now, again, he's a bargain. And then he just works his ass off right he's annoying he's he's just like scrappy he's that dude he's always in your face like he just plays solid defense and he hits open shots he had a better percentage uh from three than Steph Curry for a little bit part of the season so like he's good like he's good at what he does and he uh he signed like a million dollar extension again pretty cheap uh and stayed with us for this past year And then he opted out of his contract. So he's a restricted free agent. So we can match any offer he gets. And he's going to get some money now. He's going to get money thrown at him. He's going to get like probably like 20, 30 million thrown at him by like some team, like someone that needs a point guard. And the Cavs can't really match that. They might. But we might lose Matthew Deladova. He might go somewhere else. I mean, if he gets a payday out of I'd, this, I'd though, be happy. I mean, I'd everybody be, be, be happy, that. right?
0: I love, I love that story. I love, I love that. I show. mean, this is a guy who essentially otherwise was going to be coaching like basketball at a high school. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you know, what? and it's
1: like now he's going to have. The most successful used car dealership in Cleveland yeah. when he retired of
0: all time, of all time, of all time, yeah. Deli's yeah.
1: Deli's dealership,
0: right? Come on, now. the deli ship,
1: yeah, or right. or, or D- Deli's Deli, you might have a little deli restaurant. I mean, can't we He's have, gonna have a whole little empire? Can we not have like them both in the same
0: complex? There I mean, you go, I mean, come down, get some meats, and then buy, you know? leave I with mean, the new just car, like, you know what? Like, take a ride gen- in a truck, newer, gently used, just to see, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Constantly bothering LeBron to come down. He's like, come on, you're gonna come 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 down today, man. Come on, just
1: but yeah, it's been it's been cool. Like it's it's definitely weird. Like I remember the backlash when LeBron left. Uh, Right. So for people who don't follow basketball, all right. So I'll give a quick rundown. So I'm the same age as LeBron. So when I was in high school, LeBron was in high school. Le- when I was a freshman, I was just like smoking weed and hanging out. When LeBron was a freshman, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. So it's like there's been this huge magnifying glass on him. Like Shaq and Kobe were coming to watch him play high school basketball games. Like the high school games had to move to the college uh, uh, court because just for the sheer amount of tickets they were selling, he had high school games that were on pay per view. Right. That's that was crazy shit i mean so to be
0: honest if you told me that there was somewhere on the internet where you could pay to watch high school kids play basketball i would assume that was the dark web yes i would assume that this was some sort of thing that eventually would get me involved with jared
1: from subway in prison time. yeah you might it still might right but um so then he got drafted first overall by the cleveland cavaliers so he yeah. grew up in akron which is about 45 minutes outside of cleveland and difference between Akron and Cleveland for people
0: who don't, because there is some sort of difference, right? Like, there is uh, I de- I
1: culturally, mean, you- uh, Akron used to be like a big auto, like auto, tire, and bowling. Right. And then no one really fucks with any of those anymore except for tires. And even then, like, not as much. So, like, it's kind of just like a city that, like, is there, but doesn't have his identity. Like it's it now. Akron now is where Cleveland was, like maybe like twenty years ago. Just kind of like, what am I? Where am I? Um, but it's starting to come out of it. But uh, so he gets drafted by Cleveland. His first five years, he's in Cleveland. and He drags this sh- terrible team to the finals. Um, the his last year in Cleveland, I went to a playoff game, and I remember being real hype, but like everyone around me was kind of just like. Not up out their seats, not cheering as much. Like they were more like on their phones, like they're for status type of shit. Right. So it was like a weird like, oh okay. Like the real fans, I felt were priced out of the experience. The real uh, fans are like yeah. living and dying yeah. sure. by every possession in a bar at home. And then uh, I remember there was the last game at home against Boston. He like he had a real bad game, and we lost by like some ridiculous like 20 or 40 points and he got booed by home fans in Cleveland and at the same time there was all these rumors going around this one of his teammates was having sex with his mom and that was just per like it was just like percolating in Cleveland so like I mean. you just had a terrible game and someone's banging your mom and all this like it just was just this big so then also,
0: by the way, like regardless of what the truth of that is or is not, like surely if you're playing on a team with the greatest basketballer possibly of yeah. all time, but one of the like you know he's yeah. going to be in that conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like just rule one, just don't, don't fuck his
1: mom. Don't fuck his mom. Man. Like and seriously, man, focus.
0: You know, like, I mean, uh, even at post-game, I would be like, you know what? Like, yeah, yeah, I did only get seven rebounds today, and I averaged yeah. 10. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't fuck LeBron's mom. Yeah. Not once.
1: That would have been a didn't great... Even look at her. So, he left. He, he made a... Uh, he very publicly did a thing called the decision. The where decision. He had...
0: Now... I saw this from afar because at yes. that time, I've always been an NBA fan, but mm-hmm. I went through just a period of time through life circumstance where my kind of appetite for the the NBA waned for a while. So I kind of just checked out, like yeah. like I've done now with professional wrestling. Yeah. yeah and there yeah, was yeah. just a period of time where you're just like, ah, I just don't have time it. for yeah. it anymore, you know? But I'm back with the NBA. Gotcha. So, like, it's got me back, but the wrestling has not quite yet. Mm. But, um, he, he did it so he announced his decision live on tv or something yes Is that he what set happened?
1: up a espn hour-long event that culminated in him and then like the proceeds of the special went to the boys and girls club of america like wow. he had all the kids surrounding him and then he said he was leaving to Miami. So, it was very publicly like... Now, didn't he say
0: he was taking his talents? Taking his talents to Miami. Taking his to, talents to, South to Miami. Beach. That's uh, what... That's, every time you leave Cleveland to do gigs, you should say, I'm, I'm taking, taking my, my talents. talents. Yeah. I'm taking my talents to New York. Um, hey, guys, I'll be back in December, <laughs> but in the meantime, <laughs> I'm taking my talents to Los
1: Angeles. So, he left. Uh, there was, you know... A couple comics burned his jersey. Like, I know the like the footage of LeBron's jersey getting burned up is like these four comedians in Cleveland who burned his jersey Uh, but it's funny because one of those comics was the first one to jump back on his dick when he came back and was like trying to be the one that like I broke this story Um, but then you know two championships later three finals appearances later he puts in Sports Illustrated his letter he's coming back that's when you around shortly after we met um, so he came back in the in between time, kind of like towards his last year, Cleveland got put on like Forbes' most miserable city list. Uh huh. It was number one. And so there was a backlash to that, which is a backlash to being the worst as us were kind of dope. So that's where these all these shirts and all these like right. little maker's marks and all the, these people doing their own things kind of. That,
0: that's an interesting thing to me because. Yeah. The weird thing about Cleveland is like, and cause, cause that's about, so this is my, yeah, th- that it's was about the, when you came This in. is about when I come in, right? Like it's his last year of like, before he comes back there. Yeah. And so the kind of dissing of Cleveland must have already, I think has already happened. Yeah. But in response to that, I could, so the first time I go there, I already see this kind of like, you know, town that's quite proud of mm-hmm. Cleveland. Yeah. And I mean, and that's They're pro-
1: they were proud, but they didn't know what of and why.
0: Well, they had so much like, but they had funneled it into this sporting thing, and the myth of that had become that it was unsuccessful, so that it had become the myth of the whole thing. But suddenly, they were like, "Now fuck this, we're fighting back against that yeah. a little bit." And then, so I felt like that happened first, mm-hmm. and then LeBron happened. Yeah, and then LeBron came back, and then it just like was this completely different, like because he is an economic. F- force i mean just for the city like i mean just in literally in that sense of going like i mean the games all just sold out straight the away the games are all just sold out. out all the, the bars jerseys. are packed the i mean a lot sales. of them got burnt the, last time i yeah, mean again yeah, yeah. The, what a great marketing thing burn mm-hmm. all the old they can't put the old jersey on yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. they burned that mm-hmm. they've got to buy a new one They gotta buy a new one he yeah so he came back and then uh you know they won the championship this year And it's just... But the
0: interesting thing about it to me, uh, like from a storytelling point of view, from that idea of like when he came back, it was almost like it was going to be destiny. He's going to bring the championship back. And there was kind of this thing of going, well... If this guy is going to be considered one of the all-time greats, if we we're going to have this conversation about him, he's probably never going to get the like the rings of a Jordan or a you know or a Kobe. Yeah. So like, how do we measure this? And like, I think the thing was, well, if he could go to Cleveland and, and he could one. break this and he could win this, then you know he's able to be in that conversation, yeah. right? You know. Yep. And so he goes back there and all the advertisements like you know you remember that one of everyone in Cleveland yeah, like coming in up, and yeah, like huddle up yeah, and like you yeah. know it's all about the mythology of like and it was almost like predetermined okay well, this is what's gonna yep. happen like LeBron's gonna come back and this is how it's gonna fucking work mm-hmm. and then it didn't quite No, like it almost did like, you know what I mean? Like, he did everything a fucking you know, person can do by themselves yeah. to drag them to some
1: fucking championships. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Which is the, the team was injured around him. Right. Delhi was just on gas. Right. Delhi was playing his ass off last year. In the right, finals.
0: absolutely. But it was one of those things where you're just like, well, that none of it was his fault. He mm-hmm. just, but he copped it. Yeah. And then everyone talks about, well, you know what? You fucking promised something and you couldn't deliver it. And yeah. then this fucking season. You know, you have this team from Golden State who are a very, very fine basketball team. Yeah. And they had that amazing record and they were just cruising along like, and, you know, they won, the, you know, like they, they'd won three and the, like, and it's just like, this, I mean, it's over. Yeah. It was fucking over. Yeah. But it wasn't over. No. Because... Fucking LeBron James wanted to get a fucking triple double in the last three games of a fucking like NBA finals yeah. series, and and do it and bring it back. And then the other day, I'm watching, like yeah, you know, the parade, the the gathering or whatever that you know, there yeah there was that they were having, and it was that ad. It was everybody in Cleveland coming into the center of Cleveland yeah. for this fucking that's thing. crazy yeah I never really I mean it was it. crazy yeah like man. I mean for. For that to have actually happened in that time and to see it happen, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: I, I fought every urge to buy a ticket to go home for that, for the parade. And I was just like, I, I, can't, I can't. I mean, it would have been amazing,
0: but a nightmare. And you would, mm. would have only been experiencing a tiny part of a massive thing. But yeah, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward. I, I was saying to someone the other day, like I'm going back to Cleveland at the end of the year. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be great, man. But it's also going to be a really fucking different city, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because... It'll like, be interesting to see what, how people are.
1: What what do you to think? To date. Whenever I'm traveling. They didn't burn it down, right? No, they... That's good. High five, I mean, Clay people, Hood. the celebration after they won on game seven, because it was an away game, like, I was watching videos. The streets were like... They closed downtown, access to downtown off, because the streets were just full of people. Right. People were like on fire trucks. They were like everywhere the bars want to stay open but they ran out of booze like it was like (laughs) it was like a super duper celebration and then the 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 day of the parade i mean there's people climbed up buildings people did some parkour shit right to get high enough to see the parade you know like that's insane like there were one estimates of 1.3 million people down home that's more than the Population of the city. I mean, it's crazy. And that doesn't count all the people in all the bars and all the, uh, you know, that were like tied into it. So it's like, that's why I'm like, give me a little bit of that for some art. I mean, but right? Yeah. I mean, that one person, I mean, just
0: one guy, like you said, like a guy who's, you know, a guy who, I mean, he's a lot younger than I am, Mm -hmm. but you know, like a guy who, just a guy, like it wasn't. Fucking, you know, born in a fucking egg on a mountaintop or anything like that. Some guy from some tiny little place who had a particular talent, you know, a great particular talent, but who said, I'm going to pursue this and I'm going to go for myself, which is totally his right to kind of like, you know, fulfill his destiny. Yeah. And then when he had made the decision to go, I'm going to go back to where I'm from. Yeah. Because he could have done that anyway. Yeah. LeBron could have gone to any... Like, he could have gone to the Lakers and done that. He could have gone to the
1: whatever. Yeah, like, I he, mean, essentially... He's bringing a championship wherever he went. Right, oh, wherever yeah. he
0: went. And he went, I'm going to go back home. And I'm going to do it for this community and this yeah. city and whatever. That's and dope. so, I reckon that is fucking dope. Yeah, man. But I also think that, like like you're saying, the lesson in that is kind of, well, he's just a guy like you. Mm. Why couldn't you be the fucking LeBron of... Like, I mean, but not just you. I mean, yeah. like anyone. Yeah. It's like if you're out there shit. and you have like some dream to like try something and do something, just surround
1: yourself in. I mean, just be as in. talented
0: as LeBron James yeah. and everything will work out fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, a lot shit, man. I mean, he's gifted athletically, but that dude has crazy work ethic. Like, I always say, like, and dreams know, and ambitions. Yeah. And like, you you know, you're a basketball fan, so I, I always break it to people like this. I'm like, Shaq was always bigger, stronger, faster than everyone. Shaq's one of the greatest centers players of all time right. but imagine shack with tim duncan's work ethic right that's a completely different ball game so like i feel like lebron has that work ethic yeah but he has the mentality of a jordan but the humanity of like you know, uh, magic, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, cause Jordan was a very polarizing, like you wanted to play with him, but like you right. weren't his friend. No, you know what no, I'm saying like, I don't
0: think any of them are still very friendly. No, him, you know but. what I'm
1: saying? We're like, you know, even like LeBron's business managers and some friends he grew up with, you know, he, they graduated. He, his Maverick Carter's his age, like, you know, now his, his buddy from high school is represents, some of his teammates, other athletes, other people. And it's just like the, the, he was like, I'm going to empower you to do what you want to do. Right. And you know what I'm saying? And it just came back to the fault, But they're all affecting more than just themselves if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I think that the... I mean, I think it's an amazing story. And mm-hmm. I think that in the future, it will be appreciated even more than it's being appreciated now. Yeah. It's just one of those great sporting stories and stories of a city. We should finish up in a okay. second. But... Um, uh before we do um what are you up to what's next like what's going on um, Like, tell tell people you know like kind of uh, you
1: know. I'm, I'm i'm bopping around the country i'm in la till the end of uh july so if you go to blazer Dot uh that's my website it has my tour dates has videos and podcasts that i've been on um, My comedy festival is at the end of August. It's called Accidental Comedy Fest. Tell me about that. How does that work? What's going on with um, that? It's at this hipster bowling alley called May Halls. They have three different stages. So there's main stage, apartment stage, and basement stage. Um, I got a couple musicians. Uh, this girl, Natalie Grace Allford from Chicago. She's I describe her as sexy Reggie Watts. Uh, she's... <laughs> She's amazing. Like she's an amazing musician, but that's just the easiest description because she <laughs> just mean, like builds a song. And how just, can like, you not want to say that? It's amazing. And then uh, there's this rapper from Chicago called Chris Crack, who uh, I met him a few years ago. and He's very, very talented. He just dropped a bunch of music on iTunes, and he, uh I don't know. I'm I'm writing with. I'm listening to Chris Crack in a way that I was listening to like Chance the Rapper in like 2012. Okay, you know. Cool. So it's like nice. you know, yes, yeah, wait. Um. And then uh, there's a Weezer cover band called the Undone Sweaters. That's like a couple of comics, and then uh, this Danny Tamborelli, who's in Pete and Pete, who's Little Pete. But uh, they're coming and playing. So those three musical guests, and then like Kurt Brownell best Bestelling, Marcella Arguella, Brandon Wardell. Langston Kerman, Filonious Monk, and then just like a bunch of like, there's going to be over 50 comics from around the country in Cleveland for this weekend. Ah, it's amazing. So if people go to accidentalcomedy.com, they can get info on the artists and uh, tickets and passes and stuff like that. So there'll be some exclusive, like if you get a pass, you'll get invited to exclusive, like a rooftop daytime show and hang out. You get free bowling with a pass. You get half off a burrito from the burrito truck just kind of booze and shit like that so it'll be fun i've been doing this is the fifth year of it and again it's one of those things like i just kind of started doing because like I wasn't getting in comedy festivals. I know that, like, you know, as a comic, you pay to get in them. You get accepted or rejected. And if you get accepted, you now have to fly yourself out. You have to find somewhere to stay. You have to feed yourself. You have to exist in this city. So I've just done little things. So, like, now it's to the point where, like, I rent out the entire Cleveland Hostel so everyone has somewhere to stay. It's like a summer camp vibe. Uh Uh-huh we go in and we cook breakfast on Saturday morning so you have a meal there we get a, the taco truck that pulls up uh, Boca Loco burrito factory they give all the artists a free burrito uh-huh. um they have free booze all weekend at the at the festival so like you don't so hopefully you come to Cleveland you don't have to spend any money Right. and you have a fun you weekend can enjoy yourself. you enjoy yeah, yourself i mean but like just, there's,
0: i mean so much of like I think there's some great value in that. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. There are so many festivals or little things like that where I'm like, if the experience is great, the comedians love to do it. Yeah. And the audiences love it. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. And then, a fun if vibe. I, and, you know,
1: and if people come out, then their money's there for me to pay everyone and give right. them. Yeah. You know, I was able to, I won a small arts grant for the festival. So, you know, I won like, 2500 bucks so I split that up and gave the people that I invited like I invite a burst of people and then submissions are open for the last like 23 spots uh-huh. And the people I invited, I give them all a travel stipend. So the people from LA, I gave like three hundred. The people from New York, I gave two hundred. The people from Chicago, I gave one twenty-five. So it's not a ton of money, but right. hopefully it helps. Yeah, offset your travel and right. just get you get you here. And yeah, it helps you it helps you not be out of pocket. Yeah, and then the if experience. it hopefully gets to a point where you know, if I get a ten thousand dollar grant, then I can just give everyone a right. flat five hundred dollar stipend, whether they submitted or they got invited, or maybe I can just invite people and not have any submissions. Yeah. You know like uh-huh. you know, it'd be interesting. That's right really cool man yeah
0: uh, well it's been really nice to have you on I really appreciate it hey if people want to um, support this podcast there's a really easy way to do that we have a patreon page patreon.com slash it's pretty easy uh, all the reward levels are there James Fosdyke does a fortnightly uh, weekly comment. fortnightly weekly For- fucking fortnightly every Fort- second nightly. week <laughs> fortnightly do you say fortnightly in your country I don't know what you don't f- every two I... weeks okay
1: Fort- we, we just say every two weeks <laughs>
0: Uh, there's a comic strip that comes out every two weeks if you're on the $10 level uh, James draws it it's amazing uh, anyway that's the plug uh, oh we'll be at the LA Podcast Festival so uh, that is uh, September 23 24 25 if you want to live stream it from anywhere in the world it is only $25 if you use the code TOFOP T-O-F-O-P and we get 7 bucks if you use that code alright uh, thank you Junior for being part of this uh, podcast today and uh, we'll talk to you later.